Hi, everybody. This is Stephanie Looper. Thank you for tuning in to the Meaning of Everything podcast, where we reinvestigate the meaning of everything. So today is episode 18X, and I am going to talk, I'm going to be stating opinions, which is not something I often do, about politics, political correctness, sacred values, and the left. That's a lot of stuff. Uh, and I don't have a ton of time, but it's a lot of stuff. And uh, I, think, I, think it'll be, I think it'll be really interesting. I think it'll be fun. I am so happy. I'm so happy to be sharing this episode with you. 18X, I have a winner for our giveaway, as y'all know, and are certainly tired of hearing me say, I give away free books like these on display here. I give away free books to people who write, not everybody, I enter people in a drawing if, uh, if they write a review of the podcast. Uh, and then, and then I give you, then I give you a book. Uh, one of my favorite books, in fact, one off, sometimes off, right off my shelves. Usually, I'll send them from Amazon because I like the books that are on my shelves. Uh, this week's winner, her name is Anne Talbot. Very exciting. Uh, she has selected a book that I really like a lot, Infinite Jest. It's a lovely, lovely, very, very smart novel. So that's really cool. That's very cool. And. Earlier this week, a few days ago, I chatted with Finbar Curtis, who studies religion and politics in America today and is fascinating and important. If you haven't heard that episode, he's incredibly eloquent. I, I love the way that he talks. His ideas were very, very smart, very insightful about our political discourse today on the right and the left and political correctness and all that sort of stuff. So yes, do listen to that. I'll go ahead and jump now into what I want to talk about today. What I really want to do is just elevate some ideas for thinking about that I think people might not often think about. And in doing so, I'll share some tentative opinions that I hold, but my opinions are always very open to correction. So, you know, uh, they may change, will probably change. And uh, I would like it if you had ideas that changed them, you know, whatever, tell me what you think. Uh, but I want to talk about in light of the conversation that we had with Finbar a few days ago, I want to talk about sacred values and political correctness. So there is sort of this divide that falls roughly along right and left, you know, Republican and Democrat, conservative and liberal lines in the States on the issue of political correctness and free speech, right? There is this idea that conservatives tend to hold more often that says uh, we're worried about free speech, the ability to say things, it's a constitutional right, and we're very afraid of the slippery slope of, you know, legislating what you can say and what you can't say. And I just, I'll just say right now, I think that's a very legitimate fear, right? If anybody's ever read 1984, the policing of language is something that we need to be extremely careful about. On the other hand, there are ways in which the language we use, A, is actually hurtful to people, which we discussed in the last episode of the podcast, and B, serves to exacerbate lines and tensions between 
gender identities and racial identities, right? And something that we really want to do as a culture is move beyond the types of discrimination and bigotry that exist. And one way that we can do that is by legislating against things like hate crimes, right? This is why hate crime legislation exists, is because as a society, we think it's really bad that people can suffer, right? That this group suffers at a, you know, at a higher rate, say, than another group, just because of the way that they are. And we want that to end. And so we're going to punish crimes against them more assiduously. We see this mirrored in speech, right? Because this, the language that we use can perpetuate these sorts of stereotypes. And we see this a lot. There's so much discourse on this in terms of gender, right? Like, I can't tell you how many op-eds I've read about uh, language, about bitchiness or whatever, calling people bitches or dicks, right? These have different connotations that are very gendered. And there's, there's just a lot of discussion about, you know, what that does when, when we use pejorative, which is to say negative language that is particular to a group or to a gender or a race or whatever, what have you, um, that does subconsciously work on us to create, you know, these, these divisions and to create these biases in our mind. And so it's, it's important and it's very understandable why we would want to investigate legislating about this kind of language to, you know, to try to make the, the world a better place. Very understandable. Now I will go ahead and say that I actually don't think it's a particularly smart idea to legislate language. Um, I do think that when you do that, you tend to just drive people who are, have hate groups or whatever further underground. Uh, and, and this we've, we've seen a lot, we've seen a lot in history. I also, I'm very concerned about the lack of understanding that people have on both sides of the political correctness debate. I just talked for a little bit about why I think the idea of political, well, legislating about language is important, but to elaborate on that a little bit more, like political correctness as an idea is not bad insofar as all we mean here is let's try to take care of other people by being nice to them. That's essentially the idea. By recognizing the negative history that we have inherited, by recognizing the power structures that have put us in certain places, and by simply using language that people want us to use about them, right? If I don't want somebody to call me a certain name, like, and they're a friend of mine, they're going to do it, you know? And this is, political correctness is sort of this on a larger cultural scale. But I think a, a big piece of the problem is, yes, like A, biases exist and, and people want to defend their biases. But B, there's also like a lot of judgment and negativity wrapped up in this discourse on political correctness that comes from the left, um, that comes from the people who are in favor of, say, holding space for you know people who are in favor of politically correct language. And by the way, uh, studies have recently demonstrated that the majority of Americans uh, dislike politically correct language, uh, which is important. You know, it's, I think that's important for us to understand politically um, for the parties as, as they're moving forward, just as a quick aside. Now, I exist in communities that are, tend to be very progressive, um, very liberal in all senses, economically and socially, although I have a libertarian background 
and strong libertarian ties in, in my family. So um, it's, it's, I'm very happy to be able to sort of exist at a nexus of these different kinds of, of political ideologies and economic ideologies and whatever you want to call them. Um, something that I have noticed is that people who really like political correctness tend to misjudge the motives of people who don't, right? And so liking political correctness usually comes, it comes from a place of wanting to, again, take care of groups that have been marginalized. This makes sense. I think it also comes from like a desire to make yourself feel good about yourself, feel like a good person. I think that's a real thing that we need to pay attention to. But generally speaking, it comes from this desire to take care of people. And therefore, people who like political correctness, when they see people using language that they dislike, racial language, for example, can be really upset and really offended, like deeply offended. In the last episode of the podcast, in episode 18, we talked about briefly this idea of sacred values. Now, all people, more or less, generally speaking, have sacred values, have something that is really important to them that is probably also tied up with their identity. And when you poke it, it's, it's, it's sensitive. And that is sort of the thing that gives rise to offense. And how we handle that offense, of course, can take a very varied uh, array of forms. But generally speaking, that, that exists. And I do think that on the left, we tend to, people tend to really take uh, political correctness and this caretaking of marginalized communities as a sacred value. And it is rightfully very important, but I think it can also create some blinders. I also, I, so I have spent a lot of time in communities um, growing up in, you know, middle, middle class neighborhoods and in the city of Detroit, around the city of Detroit, in and around. Um, and traveling all over the world with dance and, and the like. And I have very much, I've been a part of communities where people use pejorative, racial, gendered language all the time. And it is authorized differently, right? Um, it is practiced as a way to um, create familiarity, and it is sort of disconnected from these long, in a sense, they're, they're from these long histories, but also there is a certain sense of camaraderie in their use. Now, of course, sometimes the use is very toxic, or often the use is very toxic, but there, I, there is deep legitimacy to the claim that people make often that when they use particular terms, they are actually not being sexist or racist. And I would argue that often people who, sometimes people who use politically incorrect language are less sexist or racist than people who do. And I just mean this, uh, obviously I'm not making blanket statements at all, but it's totally possible for somebody to say, you know, I mentioned that sometimes people like, you know, with a white savior complex, for example, might really, really love politically correct language, but then might 
dominate a conversation in a room full of people of color, right? Or might hold the microphone or the megaphone at a Black Lives Matter rally, right? When maybe it would be smarter to pass it to one of the black people there. Uh, whereas that, you know, that would could would be something that's subconscious that that works here. And I just I elevate this as an example because in communities where people don't use politically correct language, that could, might not happen, right? There could be other ways to signal their sort of acceptance of, of different groups. Um, and again, like education is a piece of this too. You know, like many people, you know, quote unquote, become educated, whatever that means. Learn, and it is important, very important to learn about the history of language and these ideas and know where they come from and work to change them, you know, but other communities that don't have access to the same kinds of ideas about history, it just simply don't have that. And so the language operates in a different way. And I don't think you can be upset with a community that doesn't have the same kind of insight or feelings or thoughts about this language, you know, and regardless of how it operates subconsciously. Uh, And I I think it's wrong and I think it's imprudent um, to charge communities with um, not caring uh, about these issues um, just because of the language that they use. And I think it's wrong to not listen to somebody or to fly off the handle, you know? Yeah, I think it's important to really pay attention to context and to understand how and why somebody might be using certain words uh, before getting upset at the basic use of the word in and of itself, because the context is very, very important. Um, And I think this contributes to divisiveness in our country is this lack of understanding of perspective and context in terms of how politically correct or incorrect language is used. Um, You know, you can't just think somebody is, point blank evil for using certain language uh, when their cultural context is is so different. And in fact, sometimes using that language can signal um, some sort of comfort or acceptance or, you know, what have you, a lot of different things. Uh, so those are just some thoughts about the discourse on political correctness that I wanted to throw out there. And again, I think, I think there's a lot of complexity uh, really that is overlooked. And that's simply all that I'm trying to do here is point to some things that we can be doing subconsciously or that we might need to be paying attention to if we really want to make progress as a society and actually take care of one another and, um, you know, have our, have our rights, all different kinds of rights, as many rights as possible too. So that's my spiel on political correctness. Uh, I will go now. I am very much looking forward to next week. Uh, sometime in the next couple of weeks, I'm not precisely sure when uh, I'm bringing on one of my favorite thinkers of all time. And I'm so honored and so excited. And he's just mind blowing and uh, will hope will set the stage, I think, for a lot of really powerful spiritual and um, philosophical transformation in the West, in part because I'm going to I'm going to work really hard to make that happen. So I'm super excited. I say super excited a lot, don't I? I'm very much looking forward to the forthcoming episodes of this podcast. Thank you so much for tuning in. This has been episode 18X. I am Stephanie Ruper. This is the meaning of everything. If you drop a review or write comments or follow me or share this podcast with your friends, if you like it, I would be enormously grateful. We're just trying to 
um, spread some uh, quality discourse and good ideas here. So thank you again. Uh, take care and I will see you next time.